Extreme Rewind begins just after this. The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. It is Sports Arena and it is Extreme Rewind. Relive the revolution as we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401, including pay-per-views and specials. And that statement is getting more and more relevant. My name is Paul and I'm joined, as always, by Jay. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing all right. I'm doing um, weirdly bits, but, you know, that's a different thing. That's the outside world. That's the stuff that we don't have to talk about when we're looking back at 1997 and considering the builds to the first ever ECW pay-per-view. And not just pay-per-views. This week we've got a double Mount Rushmore. Obviously, people familiar with the show know that every 25 episodes, we do a Mount Rushmore of the previous 24 episodes. But as this week, we hit the milestone of episode 200, we will do a special Mount Rushmore of the first 200 episodes. How do you like them apples? I, 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 I think I'm probably going to change my 200 Mount Rushmore about six times between now and when we do it. I've changed mine a lot. I've got three, which I feel confident about, but it, yeah, it's rough. I have five that I feel confident about, which doesn't work for a Mount Rushmore or four people. I've got people that I've enjoyed and people that I feel have been important, but then I've got people that I feel have been impressive or constant. I, I don't know what my, my judging on it is. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there. But my criteria is is leads to choices. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Uh, Stay tuned, week, people. Yeah, this week we're looking at episode 197, 198, 199, and the big 200, all from 1997, starting with the 28th of January. 1997. Shall we? Yes, yes, yes. Shall we just do it? Let's do it. Let's just do it. Um, the match is joined in progress. Mikey Whitbreak versus Chris Chetty. Obviously, Chris Chetty, the nephew, I think it is, of Taz or cousin. I thought cousin, but Could be cousin, but yeah, related. Some, but Relation. trained by Taz, you might remember. Yeah, trained by Taz. Seen in um. Obviously, Team Taz multiple times. He's always around with them. And um, yeah, this is, if not his first, one of his first matches with the company. Um, very quick, because obviously it's joined in progress. Mikey Whitbrook picks up the win. You could argue that Chris Chetty's shoulders weren't actually even on the mat. But you can let that go. And um, yeah, obviously, <laughs> Mikey Whitbrook put him over afterwards, let the crowd know this guy's an amazing talent and someone that will stick around forever. 
Yeah, I mean, because what we're missing is respect angle. So it's good to see him give the, the new kid respect. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the banana splits was the pin he used. And it did look as if um, he lip. managed to not actually get his shoulders to the mat. So um, I feel Chris Chetty was robbed. He's, he's undefeated in my eyes. Let's see how long that lasts. It was an interesting um, setup that that Mikey wasn't referred to as the underdog in this. Um, one of the only matches where he's not been, um, and was referenced as a former Triple Crown winner. So, uh, a slight kind of change, and it's almost as if there was a new underdog who uh, will have appeared. Oh, and it also um, with they sort of joined in progress as well. It was a very weird match just to join in progress. I'd understand it more if it was like, uh, you know, oh, Tommy Dreamer and Brian Lee are in the ring right now. We've got to go to the ring. And it's like match joining progress. But this was a, oh, let's get yeah. Chris Chetty and Mikey Whitbreak for the first time ever in the ring. Let's catch them up as they go. They're already going. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird kind of... Um, it felt like it should be an, ex- an existing sort of feud happening. But um, yeah, nonetheless, that's the thing. Um, triple threat, uh, quick highlights of what we saw last week with the Tommy Dreamer angle and all things like that. Yep, and then announcing that they are officially the triple threat. Yeah, but they've got promo from Chain Douglas announcing that the triple threat <laughs> did a cool promo, basically saying if it smells like a rose, it looks like a rose, it's probably a rose. <laughs> this is really weird, and I don't know why. They will not say his name. So this is this is talking about the masked man from last week. Yeah. And how, you know, it smells like a rose. His, his mother had a saying that if it smells like a rose and it looks like a rose and it grows like a rose, then it's probably a rose. It's a fair saying. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, his mother's obviously far classier than some of the people I've hung around with because... Um, you know, the version I'd heard was if it if it smells like shit and it looks like shit, it's probably shit. Um, uh, but Mr. You know, franchise's mummy is 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 classier than that, obviously. Um, but the whole thing is, you know, he walks like Rick Rude, he talks like Rick Rude, he sounds like Rick Rude, he is, you know, blah 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 blah. So, but they they won't say his name if it looks like him and sounds like him and carries himself like him, then it must be him. And I don't know why they can't acknowledge him for who he is. Well, I, I thought one of two ways. Obviously, well, he wasn't under contract of anyone. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done him at all under the mask because they would have got in trouble. No, and, and this would have been before the point where he wasn't under contract with WWE and yeah, then this, turned this up and Nitro have... the same night. Yeah, this would have just left WCW after he hurt his back in the Sting match, got the payout from Lloyd's of London. London. Yep. And it must be a tweeny stage. So I don't know whether they're seeing if there was a loophole, whether he could wrestle, or if they didn't say it was him and he was under a mask, he might have got a way of wrestling, or I don't know what. Yeah, they're... I mean, everyone seemed to come back from that so the loophole i think was probably already found by this point yeah um but yeah it's weird i mean it it is just strange i mean unless it is just trying to build the intrigue but it just feels strange that over and over again they will go all the way everyone will go all the way up 
to the line of it being him. Yeah. But they won't say who he is. 100%. Yeah, no, so that's, um, yeah, strange. He's very strange. And um, he's, then I did like the bit about, I know that he doesn't want my belt. He, he's not after me. He's not after this. I know this guy. I know what he really wants. And it's Francine. I thought that was an interesting take on it. Yep. Um, uh, again, you know, the, the, the ability that Shane Douglas has had to elevate Francine um, yeah. is is phenomenal. You know, she is suddenly the most beautiful, the most precious, the the the, the most sassy woman you can imagine. And you know, it, it's just incredible that that he's managed to kind of you know take from this this woman that was bumping for every single finisher you could imagine, and has kind of turned her into this this you know, sought after and lusted after woman no, exactly. he's done tremendous work with all of that he's um yeah it's really really good he's put on a completely different pedestal and most of the time now she doesn't really talk she just, just does a kiss at the end of the promo but yeah. it just works um so he's got her protection and i do didn't see this coming this nope didn't see this coming i feel like it's a forgotten bit in history but Mike Awesome makes his return to the promotion and he is Francine's protection. Yeah. The fifth um, member of the triple threat. Yeah, it completely caught me off guard. I don't know who I expected, but... For some I, reason, the way they were building up, um, I, I thought it might be 911. Do you know what? I could have gone with that. It would have made sense. And it'd been someone that could have got wiped out easily. Yeah, but also has a a, a name value, has some kind of um, meaning to the the ECW faithful. Yeah, but um, yeah, awesome has arrived. Uh, I think we then get another triple threat video package. Yep, that's what we need. We then get a promo from Terry Funk talking about uh, Tommy Dreamer having a dream. Talks about his father passing away, which was pretty deep. Um, and and that, his father had a dream. Yeah. And basically about doing uh, things their way, in brackets, our way, the ECW way. Basically lists every promotion, including UFC. Yep. And basically says they're ECW and they're going to do it their way and all this. And it's, it's, it's nice. It's just, yeah, it's, all a bit, and uh... yeah, it's it, it felt a little, um, and this probably was um, harsh on my point, but it felt a little Dusty Rhodes ish in the whole kind of you know, I want you to reach out, I want you to touch the TV, reach out, touch the TV, feel the power coming through that kind of like you know, we're we're, we're going to do it together, this is our way kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I get that, and what it sort of feels is, um. They've had all these other feuds that seem to be building for a year and a half. And Terry Funk's obviously available and they want to work him into this pay-per-view. And they're trying to almost justify him getting a world title shot in three weeks. Yeah. He's he's had one match and he's lost. (laughs) But the obvious feud 
and what should have been the world title match is screaming out Raven versus Stevie. Yes. With Stevie beating him. That should have been the match, in my opinion, at the moment. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. And and that's really um uh, interesting that that's kind of that feels natural, bearing in mind where they've been. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a very strange position to, to find ourselves in, but it, I, I, I do agree with you. I think that's the match that you would expect at this point. Um, and, and Paul Stevie, I think, kind of misses out on it. Yeah, and I guess never really recovers from it. In that sort of push-wise. This, this... No, I mean, he must, he must soon get the... Um, the injury that they thought was going to retire him. Or he thought he was going to retire him. I'm not sure. Is that in the match? It might well be. It might, might be well in the be. match because it's when a guard rail, I think, gets dropped in his neck or something. But I know it's with uh, Sabu, so yeah, it very it could must be. be. So, um, yeah, it's Terry Funk. We then get a promo from Taz. Talk about having shoulder surgery, and everyone is talking about him being injured. Um, he was injured. He's now on the repair for injury. Then lists everyone that uses weapons and says that he doesn't need weapons. His hand is weapons. Good line. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the, the build of Taz continues to be incredible. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good little highlight. Another um, primer by Raven. Yes. Yeah. Isn't the one? Is this the one where he talks about? Uh, later on, he talks about his dad. I think it is. So I think yeah, this one's on, him. Yes, yeah, so I think yeah. is this the one him calling out Stevie? Yeah, that's the one. I've I've taken the my you know I I, I took the wife and child of an enemy of mine for fun. Do you really want to leave the nest? That sort of thing. Yeah, which then leads to a match in progress. Little Greedo versus Stevie. Stevie picking up another win as the push continues. We then get Raven versus Sandman for the world title. Um, again, that feud somewhat on the back burner because the main feud at the moment is Raven versus BWO, which is sort of... Yeah, which, know... which comes in again. Um, so the, the, the story on this one is that if... Uh, Raven wins, he gets his title back. If um, Sandman wins, then Raven gets his head shaved. Yeah, not the title. No, I mean, I don't know whether it's the title as well, but no, it's not, is it? It's, um, I thought it's just, yeah, but it's, it's the I weird. Think you're right, I think it's just the. It's the weird stipulation. Yes. But it happens, and. Of course, Raven um, picks up the win. Is it he does after a Stevie kick. Yeah. Um, so um, Stevie manages to dodge, uh, manages to, to stop him kicking uh, Sandman when Raven moves, uh, then does kick Raven. Raven falls back onto Sandman um, and picks up the pin that way. That was it. Then we sort of just get a quick uh, Pitbull T versus Brian Lee match again. I was trying to like work my way through this episode because out of all the episodes, this feels 
the most forgettable because after this one, I feel like the shit hits the fan and it all just gets a little bit wild. I feel you're right. It does kind of, this one felt almost filler-esque. And then... Yeah, so I've just got plodding through thinking what really happened because after this, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my yeah. God. So, um, yeah, Pitbull 2 versus Brian Lee um, to finish off the show, really. Yeah. Um... So... Sorry, complain. We then go to episode 198, which is the 4th of February 1997. And this is where business starts to pick up. Paul Heyman is in the ring with all the wrestlers surrounding the ring, Eagle's Nest, etc. etc. He announces the main event for the first pay-per-view will be Sabu versus Taz. And it's not the main event, but because Raven versus Terry Funk goes on last. Yes. But, nonetheless, it is announced as the main event. It is. And, and, and it's, uh, it's what I loved about this, apart from the passion that he had about, you know, him as cult leader at his very best. You know, the, you demanded it, you wanted to see it, you've got them to come, you've got them to... Um, apart from all of that... Uh, what I loved about this is he's surrounded in the ring by wrestlers as he makes this announcement. And what becomes apparent is he's surrounded by the face wrestlers and in the Eagle's nest away are the heel wrestlers. So they, they have kind of explained away slightly why they coexist rather than why they slam into each other the moment they're in the ring together. Yeah, you know it's it's um it's speaking. It kind of shows how big it is for the fact that he's the kickoff for the show and all this. We've been saying for a while. Obviously, we know there was around this time, but you could tell that it was in the back burner for a long, long time. All the way they've been pulling off, holding off, and all this. So it's massive. It really is. It's going to change everything, including the way that we view shows because we actually got pay per views coming up now. Entrances and the world of pay-per-views and specials. Oops. Entrances with fake music. Some of them aren't too bad though. If they keep, if they no, I know. Do, if they're doing properly. The Taz one's not too bad. Dudley Boys isn't too bad. Shane Douglas is all right. Sabu should just be Sabu, I think. But um, yeah, we'll see. I don't think we've had Rob Van Dam yet, but we'll see. Uh, video highlights of Sabu versus Taz. They then get a promo by the Triple Threat. Same sort of thing, really. Bit of Pitbull talk. And obviously, yep. last man. We get Ricky Morton, who's still around, versus a big Stevie Cole, which is fine. Yeah. I... Uh... Sorry, go on. Yeah. No, you can go. No, I I remember everything about this show. This, this is a massive standout show for me. This is like the show I feel like I've been sort of waiting for. Waiting to watch. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just it's, it's just sort of crazy. I didn't realise how much was on this show. But this is the show that I remembered. And now, obviously, watching it, I can see why I remembered it so much. 
Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Stevie versus Ricky Morton is, is really interesting. It was, um, uh, they let Stevie have a decent amount of time and a wrestling match. Yep. Um, which isn't what he's had up until now. Um, but they really are positioning him and they are really kind of showing how big the BWO is uh, for things now. Um, so it's really kind of interesting watching them kind of get behind Stevie. Oh, massively. I mean, and like, like I said, it's, it's there. It's happening for a reason. It's just um, it's a shame it never happened, I guess. Another promo by Shane Douglas and Francine. So they're back on the show again. We then get a little bit interesting because this is when Dr. Death Steve Williams is back in ECW. His first single competition in America for three billion years. About that, yeah. Um, and we all remember the last one he had, so that's, that's good. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a star. He does. I mean, obviously, like in this one sort of match against obviously the workhorse that is Axel Rotten again. I mean, we always say he gets positioned in his good matches to have good matches. And I think that's not appreciated in his ECW career. That he's um, much more of a workhorse than I think people sort of realise. Because he does pop up a lot in these like, decent matches. He does. Um, I, I, I do feel that on a lot of these he gets... Uh, and this one again, I feel he gets too much um, offense in. Yeah, I mean, especially what follows this match. I mean, he could have just got squashed. Yeah, and no one would have been upset. But yeah, the doctor is indeed in the house. Um, Oklahoma Stampede's thrown all over the place. Decent. I like Doctor Death because everything he does kind of looks so sloppy but it's sort of perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of really rough that you don't know where, but it just sort of works with it. But yeah, he picks up the win. Um, Quick promo by Eliminators. We then cut back to the ring where Steve Williams is standing in the ring with Raven. Um, Yeah, so we were told that um, uh, Joey Styles was going to ringside to, to, because Steve... Uh, Dog Death wanted a, a conversation. Yeah. Um, when we get there, that's already happened. Um, so what we get is uh, a recap, which was basically he's uh, called out the champ. Yeah. Um, and then off we go uh, with uh, Raven kind of answering and responding, and and away we go. Yeah, Raven was basically like, "You want the belt? Take it." And throws it on the floor. They start brawling all around. Then you hear sort of Todd Gordon's squeaky voice going, get a ref in it. Let's make this a world title match. Like he does. And um, yeah, fun match. Fun match. Yeah. I mean, the, the gimmick is the, um, Stevie comes out again with a BWR. He takes multiple Stevie kicks and doesn't drop him. Because I think the whole about he can take the super kick or something. Yeah, it's a it's a gimmick that they were playing with for his WWF run when he was due to feud with um, Austin. I was going to bring this up about to do with the stunner, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Um, so it is, it's the same thing in the sense of um, that he, he's impervious to it. Yeah, which again, ECW influences everything, right? Seems so. Looking back at it, I'm really surprised that run fell apart the way it did. I mean, he could have been Brock before Brock was Cole. I mean... I mean, he was going to be, but... Like I said, that... if you actually watch, I think he, I think I posted it ages ago to you guys. He fought the Hardy Boys on Sunday Night Heat once. Mm. He looked so good. I don't know if he had injury problems or what, but wow. Well, he had the Brawl for All injury problem. Yeah, that was... Yeah. People just got over it, though. Everyone else moved on. No one cared about, you know, JBL or any of these others. It does, people don't look back and go, oh, the Legion of Doom weren't really, like, you know, bad motherfuckers. Well, this thing it didn't Hulk, it. Hulk lost to draws. Or vice versa. No one turned around and went, you know what? Bart Gunn is legit. Hmm. That's the thing, like, the sort of the butter bean thing just sort of ended all of it. That's all people remember. No one really knows about anything else. Which is one thing. I must admit, I do want to review all the Brawl for All one day. I think it'd just be um, <laughs> atrociously brilliant. I want to get the brackets and work through it. Yeah, so basically, yeah, we get the match. Um, fun match. Multiple, 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 multiple Stevie kicks for Raven eventually picking up the win. Uh, good fun match, good memories. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. Um, is this primary by Eliminators? I can't remember um, before or after. Or am I just going crazy? They just go straight to Sandman versus Devon. Sandman versus, versus Devon is what I remember. All right, so Sandman versus Devon. Um, again, pretty wild match. Everything you'd expect, really. It's like we said before. Um, really fun match, but there's no real justification for them to be so violent with each other apart from ECW. Yeah. Um, so what we had when Raven was against Sandman uh, before uh, the first episode was a really the really long Sandman intro that we, we are now used to seeing. Yeah. Um, and in this... It's cut short by Raven rushing him and jumping out of the ring and beating him up and then beating him with his own cane. Um, and here we have Devon, who is in the ring patiently waiting for the Sandman in his really long entrance. And it's cut short by Devon jumping out, rushing him, beating him up in the aisle and beating him with his own cane. So again, just, just I know it's my, my usual kind of gripe on these things, but just kind of like you know well maybe maybe try something different because we've we've literally just done that yeah no so um it's just it, it's, it's a cool match and it's good it, just, it is it, it just seems like weird but it's mainly the ending i guess that we're getting to yeah i mean it it's an entire match to set up for something to happen yeah and that something is Obviously, Spike and Bubba Ray come running out. Bubba has a chair, and instead of attacking Devon like we expect, he turns and actually batters the Sandman. Sandman takes a lot of shots here that aren't necessary. We've spoken about Doesn't many he times. just? Yeah, so um, obviously we've said, you know, things don't necessarily age well, but it's happened, and yeah. And um, yeah, the Dudley boys minus Spike. Seem to be a thing out of nowhere. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, trivia for for ECW alum and ECW fans is that Spike Dudley was the first person to take the 3D. Yeah. Um, which I, I could have guessed, but... Well, I don't know if I would have guessed it, to be honest, but, um, yeah, um, really good to kind of see it kind of come through. Um, from us, from our point of view, this makes perfect sense. This is this is what we've been waiting for and building for because we know the legacy that is um, the Dudley yeah. Boys. Yeah. From a watching this week on week point of view, just out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect some promos or seeds planted. Tease. Something, yeah, you know, a conversation where Devon's like, you know, even with the Bub- Bubba Ray, if they've lost a few times, and Devon goes, you know, you're gonna get nowhere being like this, or you know, there was something, but yeah. it was just no, it literally just came out, smack the Sandman pay per view in a couple of weeks, we've got a brand new team, but it works out. Um, then the gangsters come out and choose to brawl with the Dudleys for no reason again. Yep, because because they came out to save the Sandman because because stuff just because. And um, yeah, pretty much that's the end of that show. Going to episode one hundred and ninety nine. Um, before you do this, do you want to do Mount Rushmore? Do you want to do them all at the end? Let's break them up because uh, otherwise that's that's a lot of Rushmore and there's probably going to be some names that kind of cover on both. So shall we do the the last 25? Yeah, this is every 25. So this is the Mount Rushmore between episode 175 and episode 200. That's what we're looking at. And in case you've forgotten, on episode 175, you picked Raven slash Stevie... Uh, Taz and Bill Alfonso, the Dudleys, and the Gangsters. I picked Taz and Bill Alfonso, Stevie slash Meanie, um, Dudley in brackets, thanks to Devon, and Shane Douglas. And did we make any predictions? You predicted Shane Douglas, Taz, and Sabu and Rob Van Dam as a team. I, I predicted the Sandman. I regret that. Yeah, my my prediction was was not quite spot on. <laughs> you've done all right. I'm going to say you've done all right because I'm going to throw out my first one as a little boost for you, and it is the human suplex machine tears. Not really a massive surprise, but um, he's been solid for a while. But last twenty five, he's just continued to grow into a bad motherfucker. He really has. He's on my list as well. He has, you know, the 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 team Taz gimmick, the dojo gimmick, the 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 just the, the baddest man on the planet gimmick. Um, really, just has taken over now. Um, to the point where when they were saying about um, uh, Doctor Death being, you know, the toughest son of a bitch in the world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I did find myself um, a little bit kind of going, mm, but Taz, 
yeah, uh, no. for no reason at all. You know, for, for for nothing. I'm arguing about two people booked in the same fake sports. So you know, there's there's no real kind of competition to it. It's whoever they want to be the toughest or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, they they they've they've got a believer out of me in him, which is hundred percent what it is, isn't it? It's all about you know that that understanding and believing that you know when he walks into a room he is the baddest man in the room whatever room he walks into so i am all for taz being uh on the mount rushmore as well 100 percent. and this one i've got to say it's just taz not taz and bill alfonso i agree yeah i've done the same thing i, I feel um, like he's excelled and become his own entity I feel like Fozzie offered him loads last time. Now they're rarely together. Yeah, um, I, I spent a lot of time talking about how impressive I think Fozzie was as as the heater, um, and you know we've we've had the progression over the last three now. I think where the first one was Fozzie with Taz, yeah. and the second was Taz with Fozzie, and now it's. Fonzie, sorry, um, yeah. and, and now it's Taz on his own. Yeah, um, who's your number two for this one? My number two, true to my prediction, is the franchise. Yeah, um, also on my list. I can't believe how, bearing in mind how all this all started, how incredibly important he's made that TV title feel. Um, yeah. We've talked about. Um, you know, him and Francine. And uh, to be honest, I, thinking about it, I probably should have put Franchise and Francine as my pick um, because they've just they've just been the missing piece from both of them. Um, just the, the elevation of the two of them when they're together. Franchise with someone he can play off of and play with in, in that kind of sense. Um we we saw a little bit of it where, when he was with Sherry Martel, but this is just, you know, feels so much bigger. Um, so yeah, just just absolutely um, huge. I think. Yeah, no, huge I agree. Twenty-five. Uh, and like I said, he's um, he's on my list for exactly the same reasons. I mean, the pitbull angle is it's white heat. It was incredible. He's made the TV title like a main event title. Um, he's taken Francine to a completely different place. Uh, triple threat actually seem legit. I mean, the legacy forum isn't really there. It was just a group that, like we said, I think we saw on camera once. But he's made it so you throw up the three fingers and it means something when really yeah. it shouldn't. So everything he's done is like absolutely fucking amazing at this point. Absolutely. Um, Who's your next pick? The next pick or picks is I went for the Eliminators. Good pick. Um, outstanding match after outstanding match after outstanding match. Obviously, uh, Miracle Violence Connection, Gangsters, and just purely Duck for the and way... Gordy. Duck and Gordy. Um, message intercepted. Yep. That promo stood out for me massively last time. And if nothing else, just total elimination. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, they haven't done a lot wrong, really. No, I mean, um, they've 
stopped with quite the same level of Cronus doing his silly laugh afterwards. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, I completely agree. Uh, just a, a, a very, very strong uh, team, very, very strong primary. Not on my list, but uh, one that could have very easily been, I think. Um, could possibly even argue should have been. But uh, yeah, very, very good. Next on your list? Uh, Raven. Um, I think him losing the belt was one of the best things that happened to him because him being able to come back and go, they don't want you to know, but it's because I was in rehab, really kind of just built into that character. Um, the stuff he's done with um, Sandman, uh, with with Tyler, with Laurie Fullington has been uh, immense um just yeah i i think he's been brilliant um yeah totally agree raven was my number four or is my number four so same reasons again i think he's been good i i love the um chasing for a title that was already his i thought it was a good sort of filler leading up to the, the pay-per-view his yep. promo is always outstanding just simple but to the point so yeah he he's had to do it i've got a feeling i can guess who your number four is Yes. I reckon you've gone for the BWO. No, I went oh. for Stevie on his own. That works. Um, that works. So I think on a technicality, I'm saying no rather than actually saying no. But uh, no, I, so I did. I've, I've gone for Stevie and I've broken Stevie and Raven up for the first time, really. Um, because I think this is the point where, uh, for me, Stevie is worth... Uh, a vote in himself um i i i cannot get over how he has um just come alive over the last however long bwo is one of a number of uh ridiculous parodies that we've seen them do um for quite a while now and some of them have been really really funny and some of them have have been all right um I enjoyed the Baron Von Stevie far more than I should have done. Um, Blue Dust, I thought, was quite good. Um, uh, the Fabulous Ones kind of didn't do much for me. Uh, Public Enemy, strangely, didn't really do much for me. Um, but, you know, for whatever reason, BWO has become more than a parody and has actually just become something far bigger. Um and uh, as such, it just feels worthy of um, of uh, something huge. Yeah, no, I mean, my thing is, BWO, I like it. I just I felt like it just wasn't around long enough. I think that's why I just edged with the Eliminators. Yeah, and I think that's why I've gone for Stevie and himself. Yeah, 100%. I get that because we are praising him every week. It is incredible the way he's going. And, um, yeah, what are your predictions for the next one, then? For the next 25, I think... um, I think Taz stays in it. Yeah. I think... The triple threat becomes the pick. And I think... 
Stevie drops off. Okay, no, it's downstairs. No, Stevie. Well, my predictions are Dudley Boys, obviously the new version. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they should have a solid place because I reckon they're going to make waves. And my prediction is no Raven because he's gone by June. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm trying to think. Obviously, after barely legal, I don't really know what he does. Dreamer again? Because I know Wrestle Palooza, he fights Dreamer. But I'm trying to think, like, yeah, I don't know what, what else he's really involved in, how much he does. Mm. Which is weird because. I, I guess I don't really know how it ends, but stay watching here and we'll find out. Yeah, I know, but it's, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because you think by June time, basically Stevie will pretty much be gone. Yep. Raven's going to be gone. Saturn's going to be gone. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Not sure. there, there's a few like. From all that side. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Nova and Meanie, how they kind of shuffle around. Flounder. Yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, interesting times. Again, another reshuffle, I guess. I mean, they've done it before. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how they do it again. Yeah, because Mustafa goes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, very interesting. It's good. It's good to see how it all shakes out again. It's be hard. So, should change your mind. notes. Dive in back to episode 199. This is the 11th of February, 1997. It starts off with a promo by Tommy Dreamer, and then we get a six-hour highlight video of how extreme Tommy Dreamer is. Yeah. Wow. Um... So the Taz video, the other one of the episodes before, showed something that I I had obviously forgotten, which is him Tazplexing Tommy Dreamer off of the Eagle's Nest through a bunch of tables, which must be the fourth or fifth time Tommy Dreamer has been thrown off of the Eagle's Nest through a bunch of tables. Um, still gets up every single time, still just kind of runs for it. I know he's indestructible, but you know that's that's just a little bit boring. Um, I love Dreamer, but my problem is I can't remember the last match he won. So things like this get a bit hard when they're like, "Oh, he's extreme," and you know he's crazy. And normally, imagine what it's going to be like on pay per view. And I'm just a bit like, mm, but I can't remember the last match he's actually won. Yeah. So it's just hard to I understand he's not about win losses in the same way, but it does still slightly like matter. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, John, I, I can't even remember who he even faces at the pay per view. Who's he feuding? No, I, I I don't even... Unless it's the bulldozer again. Could be. 
Brian Lee. I can't remember. I'm assuming he's got to be on it, but I, I can't remember who he's against. But, um, yeah. So that's that. It is. Maybe it doesn't yeah. fight anyone. Maybe just interferes in the Raven match or something. But yeah, he might. I, I I would be shocked if he didn't have a. I'm starting to think he might. Maybe I don't know because yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks. So yeah, that happened. Tommy Rich versus Terry Funk. Obviously, Rich attacked Funk when he was backstage for no reason. Uh, first time they ever had a singles match ever in the history of the world ever. <laughs> Here we go. Apparently so. So we've seen it now. Um, but I, I love the fact that uh, he says that, you know, if you ask both of them, they will tell you the same thing. I mean, I would have believed one of them, to be honest. I don't know why they would have lied. <laughs> Get them both in the room, find out. <laughs> That's interesting because he says. Yeah. Sounds like someone forgot. Um, yeah, we get another promo by Terry Funk um, speaking about his late father again. We then get a promo from the newly formed Dudley Boys. Bubba Ray starts off with the stutter, basically mocking the stutter gimmick. What Devon's lost his voice again. I feel like every big moment yeah. this guy has, he's always lost his voice at the moment. He's an absolute shambles for this, bless him. He is. No, it's, it's all the shouting he does. Thou really shalt not! <laughs> Whatever he tries to do on his debut, he tries to testify that don't fuck with the Dudley's voice went here. His voice is already gone before anything would happen, so God knows how many programs they did before. And um, yeah, Bubba, basically they're mocking the stuttering gimmick as it's gone. So Yeah, and it's been it's gone for a while. Next, we have another little beautiful debut as Balls Mahoney, also new, um, is facing a debut in Lance Storm. Yep, with blonde, peroxide blonde rat tail. We've got we have the famous rat tail. Um, did he make an impact? So they did there. Uh, on on Balls Mahoney's face. So, yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fine. It was a nice match. He showed um, good athleticism. Yeah, um, it's 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 a nice finisher he's using at the moment. The the spinning kick from the top. Yeah. Um it's not the polished Lance Storm that we're used to. Um, you can see familiar familiarities between him and Jericho. Um, you know, after them coming through together as the thrill seekers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was fine. It was nice to see him. Um, Balls Mahoney with short hair is, is quite strange looking. Oh. See what it's, you did there. Um, I'm trying. I've, I've made the impact. I've done the ballsy. And I'm going all out this week. Um, yeah, no, it's good. He picked up the win. Like I said, look sharp. He, he's arrived. Again, it's another exciting sort of little bit. So it's all good. Let's see where he, where he goes. It really you know? is. It's all a um, nice little sort of work course to get involved in it. Uh, promo by Raven. A fairly nice promo. Pretty um, pretty deep, really. Saying that Terry Funk's going about his dad passing. 
Um, he wishes his dad was dead. <laughs> so I thought that was a bit of a... a thing. I was just like, oh, wow. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, like I said, it's what you expect from a Raven promo at this stage. So just building it up. Yeah, I mean it was good. It was it was a it was a good promo. They've they've got a good kind of energy between them already. Um, uh, Raven kind of using uh, uh, Funk as a as a father figure. Um, yeah, for his rage, um, coupled with you know the, the the relationship obviously that Funk has with Dreamer and Raven has with Dreamer. Uh, it's good. It's a good combination. Agreed. We then get the rematch that no one knew was coming. The Eliminators versus Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Um, fantastic match. Really good match again. Yep. It's hard to break everything down in it. Just if you want to see a decent tag match, go check it out. The match ended with total elimination on Rob Van Dam and they get the win, keeping this move strong, strong, strong. But the main story comes after the match. As Taz runs out, attacks Rob Van Dam while the Eliminators hold Sabu and make him watch. I I really liked this. Um, so they'd already built up the 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 relationship, the respect between the Eliminators and Taz over the last few weeks. Yeah, so seeds have been planted. You could understand why. Uh, well, firstly, you could you can again again see the whole kind of Taz has told them how to beat Sabu. Yeah, uh, thing which which I love, um, uh, and then you've got the the additional uh, support of um, uh, you know why they would help um, Taz as he attacks and as he as he beats them up. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was really really good. Um, I did as well. I really enjoyed it. I like the fact that Taz is getting to Sabu by beating up his partner rather than just beating up Sabu. I thought it was quite clever yeah. in what they're doing there. Again, simple but effective. And, um, yeah, nice way to end the show because it's a bit of a cliffhanger for once. So, can you come back? And we did come back. This is it, the episode 200. We're basically halfway through our journey. Officially, it is the 18th of February, 1997. We march on and we start off with a funny little promo from Raven, basically having to dig at Tommy Dreamer, just saying, I saw your music video last week. I noticed there was no footage of you beating me because there isn't any. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, just keep it ticking in the background. That's what it was about. Yeah, really. just a perfect little reminder that, you know, yeah. for all you've achieved, for all you've done, yeah, never beaten me. Never yeah, beaten me. Exactly. So the story is always there for all to sort of remember currently, which again, I thought, um, Harmless and nicely done, really. Yes. We then get Sandman versus Devon again. Um, I wasn't sure if the people there were aware that the Dudleys were together or whether they worked it as if they sort of... Turned again for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to tell, isn't it? Um... It's hard to tell. It's also hard to tell whether the building... They took that part of the ceiling out, or that bit of the ceiling was always <laughs> out. That unnecessarily sort of bugged me. Yeah, right. it, it was a weird um, little setup. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. But again, same sort of finish. So Sandman 
Devon beating the crap out of each other. Ladder involved. Uh, Bubba comes out, helps at the end. But yeah, Sandman wins. Uh, we then go to the great Sasuke. 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 That's the one. By Satellite. Um, talking about Mishinoku Bro coming to the pay per view. So, yeah, exciting. This time. is, yeah, this is his team coming in. Yeah. Um, and they are excited to be part of ECW. Um, which uh, is nice to hear. Well, it helps. It, it does. I'm excited for them to be part of ECW. <laughs> uh, really, um, you know, interesting because we know that they go on to, uh, it, this is the sort of stuff that ECW really kind of did well, that kind of bringing in different uh, wrestling styles from around the world and different wrestlers from around the world. Um, and uh, some familiar, who will become familiar faces to us. Yeah, massively. So it's good, like um, the way they're working. And yeah, like I said, we'll see more in a second. But first, we get Taz versus Scott Taylor. Did you know Scotty Too Hot? He was in ECW. I did not. And again, this is another one I feel should be in the whole did you know he was in ECW thing um, rather than the ones that we get. Um, You know, so we've had Ricky Morton, Tommy Rich, and. and, Scotty Too Hotty. Scotty Too Hotty here. That's the thing. Um, He's had some real sort of decent ones. He sort of, again, just get overlooked with Doink the Clown again and again. Mr. Hughes, yeah. Yeah, instead of people actually fact-finding, they're just copy and pasting lists rather than actually going back and watching. But yeah, no, he was here. Uh, Everything you expect. Got a bit more offense in than I expected. But um, Yeah. yeah, Taz picked up the win. We then yes. went back to Mishinoku Pro, and this time we have Tucker Mishinoku's team via satellite. They are interrupted by the BWI as they offer them shirts looking for the BWO Japan. Obviously, a hot take on NWO Japan. Um, they accept, take the shirts, then all start screaming, buy the shirt, buy the shirt, buy the shirt. Which I thought was uh, very good. Yeah, simple, nicely done. They're over before they even get into the arena now. So Absolutely. It's easy as that. They've got the chance. They've got the thing done. Well played. Um, promo from Shane Douglas in which he just mocks Terry Funk. I don't know why it made me laugh so much. It just it was pointless. It wasn't relevant to anything. But it's not his feud. But it was just like, oh, we did it our way. Oh, we did it our way. He just sort of <laughs> just... <laughs> Just, it was yeah. it was it was it was a brilliant and completely unnecessary Shane Douglas promo. Really was. Uh, we then had Brian Lee promo. Uh... <sighs> yeah, so uh, one for the money, two for the money, three for the money. I'm a bulldozer for hire. Show me the money. Yeah, which which kind of to me throughout he's not part of the nest he's not part of the triple threat he's part of whoever pays him so don't really trust him i think yeah. seeds have been planted here yeah I, I i'd agree with you on that it wasn't you know triple threat here to take over it was just like i'm part of a group if you pay me to be part of a group raven yes. paid him before and they made it clear they said it multiple times he was on Raven's payroll 
He's now clearly on Shane Douglas's payroll, but he will go anywhere and turn on anyone. Yes. So he's as loyal as the checks that are coming through to him. Yeah, that was my hot take, and I thought that was interestingly done. Um, Chris Candido, completely the opposite, very much triple threat, triple threat, triple threat. Yep, all aimed at Sabu. Uh, I was there with you driving around when you weren't famous and when you before you had the scars and blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a decent enough promo. Um, yeah, very decent, nicely done. Um, Taz attacking Rob Van Dam for no reason again. Yep, and sort of a. Sort of a Sabu Taz brawl, more of a pull apart. Really. Yeah. And um, yes, in the show. Yes, it was. Um, it's all heating up. It is. I was looking at the other thing, see what was going on. On the January 27th and February 10th version of Nitros, the Outsiders for a team called the Extremists, or, which was Devon Storm and Ace Darling. Oh. Which obviously Devon Storm was in ECW. In ECW. And I think Ace Darling, depending on what page you read, sort of might have had a quick moment in ECW somewhere. Mm. But I just thought, um, yeah, on some things they were called the extreme, other things they were called the extremists. So I just thought it was very interesting. I didn't know if it was them trying to be quirky or others trying to be quirky. But they fought the outsiders twice in the space of like three weeks. I think that's that's a, a, a good fact. It was, so that's interesting. And also, another interesting fact is next week, before we get to our 200, um, the issue has been accepted and ECW might well be turning up on a certain Monday night show. So, that is exciting. It really is. So, we are going to travel back to the dark side we're gonna change the channel and have a little look ski but no that's really good I'm, I'm buzzing for that but and also this as we've said part of our journey 200 episodes we are here and we do our mount rushmore for the first 200 episodes are you ready no but let's do it anyway. Uh, I'm going to throw out one that I feel I have to. So I'm going to get him out there before I decide to take him off. Um, when we started this journey, he was the champion. He's been champion multiple times. So Sandman. Is on mine as well. Um, one of the most incredible things for, for me from watching this is for someone who thought he was a fan of ECW is watching the evolution of the Sandman from the surfer to the, the, the guy who pimps out his wife to uh, the, the chain-smoking, beer-swilling, um, hardcore freak that he is. Um, just amazing to watch it, it continue to kind of grow through so uh, yeah he is on my list as well Ooh, who is next on your list then um so i'm i'm, I'm keeping a theme of um people who have been there for pretty much the entire thing yeah. um 
And next on my list is a little bit of a, a, a weird one, but anyone that's been listening to me do this knows and, and will understand when I say JT Smith is on my Mount Rushmore of ECW first 200. He's on my notable mentions. Been there from the beginning. Um, was was the workhorse from very early on. Um, you know, some crazy matches with the Dark Patriot when they were trying to work out what they were. Um, uh, we know, as I continue to say, behind the scenes was in charge of the training school, trained the likes of Francine to take a bump. And my God, can she take a bump? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, for me, just a, 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 a someone who's been um, a, an ever-present for, for ECW and potentially someone who has been overlooked. I don't know how many of my Mount Rushmore's he's been on. I don't think it's going to be many. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it works. Um, my next one is similar to the Sandman in the sense that he's been around for a long time, but also has an amazing evolution of a character. So Taz is on mine. That's a really good shout. Um, I uh, He was, again, one of the ones on my list of um, honourable mentions and one of the ones that I put on and put off and put on and put off. Um for for all of the very reasons that we've talked about him being on this one and beyond, the the person who beat him on my list debuted on exactly the same night, um, and is is synonymous with Taz. Um, but looking at the impact made over the first two hundred, um, I went for Sabu. I can say that. Um, I, I think if we're judging it on the last 50, um, you know, I, I think I've been fairly critical of Sabu for a little while on stuff. But, you know, first Triple Crown winner, um, you know, that that crazy uh, um, character that he came in with, you know, with 911 as his handler initially, um, just, just an absolute kind of... Um, uh, larger than life character in in ECW really kind of set the tone for in a lot of ways of what ECW would become. Uh, so I, I I went for Sabu. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Sabu didn't make my list though, but um, one of his early feuds and um, future feud did, and that is the guy who popped in and out, but. Did a lot to get it on the map. The hardcore legend Terry Funk. Uh, again, one of the ones that I am denied about. Um, I think the popping out took him out of my list, um, but uh, has been ever present. Has been someone who's who's you know really put ECW on the map in so many ways. Uh, so definitely worthy of of conversation. I think. Yeah, I think my main thing is obviously he's had like a lot of higher profile matches and stuff like that. But I think especially for the beginning time when I was looking for someone to get invested into and I was looking for a promo that I actually sort of gave a shit about or yep. stuff like that, he was he was my go-to. You know, we yes. had like things like, you know, 
Eddie Gilbert's was fun, but he wasn't really sure what his sort of mind state was and stuff and hulks and superflies. Yes, superflies and all these sort of ones. Um, He was someone that I I could gravitate to and think, right, Terry Funk's here. It'll be all right, kind of. Absolutely. Thing. So I went with him. Um, As I sort of plucked you with the Sandman, I'll do my last one first before doing yours. Go on then. I think it's fairly obvious who my last one's going to be. He disappeared for a short period of time, but um, all in all, he's been a constant and he is the franchise. So you have to have Shane Douglas. See, again, another one that was on my list and and, uh, on my honourable mention list and why I joke, I could have had five or six on this quite easily because I think that um, absolutely of value. Uh, My... I think the franchise has been brilliant. I think he's been hot and cold at points, but he's been present. Um, I, I wonder, looking back at where we came in on and where he came in on, um, the fabulous Shane Douglas, I think he was, when he started. Um, yeah. I wonder what would have happened if uh, Eddie Gilbert had remained booking at that point and he'd remained the fabulous one. But it would have been fabulous, um, wouldn't it? Would have been, it would have been amazing. Um, but uh, I think that could have been quite interesting uh, to watch him grow in that way. But um, uh, yeah, a, a definitely someone who's synonymous with ECW and someone who um, is worthy of a mention. I've narrowed it down to who I to who I think could be your last one. Go on, tell me who you think. I'm hoping you're going for your boy Raven. But I'm scared you've gone for the public enemy. I have not gone for Raven. <laughs> and I have not gone for the public enemy. Um, I've gone worse. I've gone worse because when I think about 200... British Bulldog? One of the, pe- <laughs> one of the people <laughs> who have been ever present and far more involved with stuff than I could have ever imagined. Um, some of the longest running feuds in ECW. Um, gone for Todd Gordon. Um, I can't think of a point where he doesn't get involved in some way, shape, or form, even down to this week with him coming out and, and kind of getting involved. He's been there throughout all of it. Um, and And... Just yeah, it's deserving. It's deserving. I can see it. It feels like on a technicality. I don't think I'd use the word deserving. It feels like on a technicality. No, no, he's been. There's been a lot of a lot of big calls and that all made by him and stuff like that. He's been involved in a lot of bits. So yeah, I mean, you know, the he was he was involved in the. whatever it was, it was the, the Sandman, uh, Tommy Dreamer that, that created Tommy Dreamer, um, him coming in and kind of, you know, oh, but referee, he he can't um, come through and he, he, they cheated and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, he's been involved in, in, in so many different things, the, the franchise stuff, which led to um, Fonzie coming in, the Fonzie stuff in general. Uh, yeah, just, just involved in so much. 
through and through, sadly. Yeah, no, it um, it really works, and I think both decent lists for de- uh, different reasons. I'm surprised how much variance there was. It just shows how many big characters there's been in ECW over the time. Yeah, but like I said, you, you could have had Raven, really. He came in for a while, but he's, he's been there. You yep. could have had um, Stevie. He's been floating around for a long time. Yep. You could have had Public Enemy. Yep. Because they were heavily involved. Could have even had Paulie Dangerously. Yep. All so names I considered. Yeah, so um, there, there's no sort of massively wrong sort of choice at this point. But, um, yeah, it's all very good. Apart from Todd Gordon. Apart from Todd Gordon, but somehow he's there. It is and, what um, it is. Yeah. You can follow us at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram. Get involved in the conversation. Like, subscribe, share, watch ECW on the network. You can tell where we're at because it's pretty simple. Episode 200. So watch episode 201. We are in February of 1997. It will be the ninth episode in. So quickly click that and join in and throw us out what you think. It's what's your own pleasure because it's pretty decent. Um, no point in advertising zazzle.co.uk or.com because no one else is going on with mail anymore. So just get involved in the conversation instead. Might throw out a few little watch alongs and other things to help keep you entertained during this thing. So it's like you're watching a match with us. And um, yeah, apart from that, have fun, stay safe.